You can be seated. Amen. Well, we're indeed happy to be here today to worship the Lord with all you wonderful people of God. There's no people on earth like the people of God, and uh, we've been so blessed uh, to be here and to worship with you last night. I don't know how many years ago we were here, and you were in the auditorium. It's been about 10 years ago, and we were scheduled to preach on a morning, and they put Brother Wesley Jackson up, and he just took over. Uh, I told him later, I said, you probably got my pay, too. But that's not true. appreciate the word of the Lord last night. Amen. And to be here today to worship the Lord with all you folks. Lift up the name of Jesus. How blessed we are. Amen. Hallelujah. Glad uh, for my wife to be here. Thank the Lord for her. What a comfort and a blessing she's been for with me and for me almost two years. Amen. Amen. I was feeling pretty good. We went to Hot Springs. The Lord blessed us with a home down there, a place to rest and retreat. Many years ago, I'd heard them say, Hot Springs, I don't know how familiar you are with it. It's a resort city. It's got three lakes. And, and people go there. And uh, years ago, I heard a man say that it's the city of the newlyweds and the nearly deads. And, uh, so I told her the story, and she said, well, honey, we fit both of them. God's been good, and I'm grateful for his goodness. Praise God. I see Brother Hoffer back there, and Brother said last night, uh, one of the greatest evangelists, thank God for his burden he has. People that don't know him don't really appreciate him. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. Look around here today and see friends everywhere, preacher friends, and uh, good to see them. Sorry we missed uh, the messages yesterday, Brother Bass, Brother Bo, and uh, Brother Wilson. But, uh, looking forward to hearing Brother Booker today. Amen. Great man of God. not a more uh, gentle man and kind man in the world than Brother Booker. In fact, years ago, he came to preach for us when it was absolutely not popular at all. In fact, he was told by two very important men not to come, and 
one of them said, you just keep on bringing home these stray cats. Amen. He was talking about me. Amen. So, Brother Booker, I'm just your stray cat today. Glad you picked me up, Brother Booker. Don't let me down. Amen. And then to get to know Brother and Sister Mayo, I'm going to tell you something. These are my kind of people. Amen. They're excited and they're intense about the work of God. Amen. We love and appreciate them so much. Thank the Lord for a man that uh, you touched me last night, having the home mission pastors to come up. Thank God for men that will go and start a church, defy all the devils in hell. I told the church the other day it's unbelievable we'd send thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars across the seas and not spend any of it right here at home and in this country. Thank the Lord. I salute you, brothers, and pray God bless you and prosper you. Hand will be upon you. Thank the Lord. Praise God. You want to stand with me? I sure need his help today, and I want to get out of the way and let uh, Brother Booker bless us today. Thank the Lord for all your prayers. Thank the Lord for my children and church that's probably listening on Holy Ghost Radio that's praying for me today. I appreciate praying people. Thank the Lord. Amen. Psalms 78 and 4. But we will not hide them from their children, shewing to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. And listen to this. The purpose of all this is this, that they may set their hope in God. Everybody say hope in God. And not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Help us, God. It may not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Help us, God, today. 
I trust the Holy Ghost could help us. Amen. For the next few minutes that, you know, I've been praying, brother, ever since, brother Mayo, you asked me to come, that God would bless and and this bless this conference today because we don't have any time to waste and that the kingdom of God could go forward today. Amen. So I want you to believe with me today. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your voices? Well, if you don't mind, do it like we do back home. Sunday morning, I ask them to reach their hand in the direction of this pulpit. Would you do that for me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness, your greatness. Oh, God, do it. Let us be a blessing to brother and sister. Oh, yes, God, we praise you out of our heart. We magnify you out of our heart today. Let's be lost in you. Forget us. Sister Mayo, if you just join your husband over here, if you don't mind. I want to preach to you today from this thought, and that's tell all the story. Tell it all. Everybody say, tell it all. Tell it all. Tell the good. Tell the bad. Just tell it all. And the purpose is for it that there's a generation behind us. They need to know what God has done. They need to know this mighty God that we serve. Moses, in Deuteronomy, he said, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth, with milk and honey. Now there's not a person in this building today that this good Holy Ghost is not trying to carry us to the land that is flowing with milk and honey. And he said, this is what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to teach your children to hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Next verse, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. He said, with these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. 
and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Amen. You need to just tell it, and you need to tell it all. Amen. You need to tell them, and tell them, and tell them, and tell them, and keep on telling. I'm going to tell you, you can be seated. The reason you need to tell them is because the only way you can communicate this, people that's never had it, they can memorize this book and they still can't tell it. The only way you can tell it, if you've been there and you've experienced it, then you can tell it. There, hey, you can let them read the Bible to their blue in face and read every kind of help Bible there is, and they still can't get it. They still can't understand, but you let someone that's been there and's got the anointing of the Holy Ghost on them. You know why? This is a spiritual revelation. You can't get the simple things of God without a spiritual revelation. So God knew that it would take somebody that had had the experience to be able to hand it down to the next generation and tell them about the greatness and the goodness of God. Help us, God. There's another generation coming on. Brother Jackson preached about it last night, and they need to hear it. They need to hear about the great things God's done. They need to hear about how God's worked. Not just in the life of a pastor or a preacher, but they need to hear it from you, daddy, mother, grandmother, grandfather, uncle, aunt, whatever God has done and the mighty things that God has done in your life. Come on, let's give him praise out of our heart. Oh, help us, God. 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 Anoint us to tell our story and to tell it right. And tell it with the anointing and tell it with the presence and tell it with the power of the Holy Ghost upon us. That the next generation may set their hope in God. You can be seated. The eunuch had enough understanding that he understood just reading the Bible was not enough. When Philip got to him and asked him, do you understand what you're reading? He had enough sense to say, no, I don't understand. How can I accept some man guide me? You're not going to get there unless somebody takes you by the hand and guides you to where he's at. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many doctor's degrees you have. 
You will never get there unless somebody takes you by the hand. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. You know, I've been studying lately and it's just been burning in my spirit. Brothers, ministers, how everything about God is a revelation. If you don't ever get the revelation for yourself, it never gets in your heart. But if you get the revelation, hell can't take it out of your heart. Somebody said, Brother Holmes, I understand. I got it. I know. I know you need to pray. I know you need to go to church. I know you need to pay your tithes. I know you need to be faithful. No, not until you've had the revelation. Because when you get the revelation, it doesn't matter if nobody in the church is praying. You will pray. It doesn't matter if everybody quits paying their tithes. You'll pay your tithes if you ever get the revelation of paying your tithes. You'll never miss a week without fasting if you ever get the revelation of the power of fasting. If you get the revelation, you don't have to be motivated in it. You got it for yourself. You got the motivation inside of you. Because you've, you've seen it. You've received it. You understand it. You've comprehended it. It works. It works. It works. We're doing what we're doing today because we know it works. Oh, <laughs> You can be seated. Oh God, oh God. Brother Mayo, what an example. I saw that big picture of Brother Wilson in your office today. You've talked about your pastor. I laid my hand on the picture and prayed for him. You had a guide. You didn't get here by yourself. Let me tell you, I sure hadn't got to where I'm at by myself. And if you want me to be honest with you, I can be. I should be doing a whole lot better and should have done a whole lot more for God with the guides that I've had in my life. I should have got on track a lot sooner. I should have listened a lot sooner. I'd be further down the road today than what I am because I've had the best guides in the world. Amen. I've had the best guides in the world. Had a mother and dad and men like Verbal Bean and the list goes on and on of great men that's touched my life. And I should have listened sooner. 
thank God for the gods. You don't know the truth, every one of us. You're a guide, everybody hears. Why do you say that? Because everybody influences somebody. Everybody in this building, you're impacting somebody's life by the way you conduct yourself, by what you do and how you act. We've got a Christian school back home. I tell the teachers, you know, from every way, from everything you do, dress, the way you eat your food, the way you walk among the students, you're impacting their life by everything that you do. We need to be careful what we do. And we need to make sure we tell the story and tell it right. We need to tell son and daughter. We need to tell them and tell it all. You know what I love about the Bible? The Bible don't just tell the good. It tells the good and the bad. I want to clarify this message before I go any further. I'm not saying you should be telling things you did that would blow up homes and mess up marriages and all those kind of things. need to be discreet. Understand what I'm preaching? Amen. But I want to tell you there's things we hold back that we should be telling. Amen. We need to tell the good and the bad. We need to tell how God gave us the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need to tell where we were at in the world of sin. Not long back, Brother Mayo was preaching for us and while he was preaching and telling about being in the world and being a rock star. Amen. Playing the guitar. You know what? I sent back word. I said, put his picture up on the screen. And uh, you wouldn't recognize him. And I know y'all have all perhaps seen that picture, but it's a good picture to see. Because when you're walking around people and you think there's no hope for them, take a look at Brother Mayo. They just may be the greatest apostolic one God Pentecostal preacher you ever laid your eyes on. You need to tell them where God brought you from. You need to tell them what God brought you out of. You can be seated. And I'll tell you another very important thing you need to tell them. You need to tell your children, I got the Holy Ghost. One day, I was on fire for God, and I was full of the Holy Ghost. But I let up on my prayer life. Oh, yeah, you need to tell them. They need to know. I let up on my going to church, and the first thing I know, I got bitterness in my heart, and I got jealousy in my spirit, and you know, that's as cruel as the grave. I got feelings against the pastor. You need to tell them. And you need to tell them how your world went upside down because I can tell you it went upside down. 
When you get this Holy Ghost and you start backsliding, let me tell you, God's got a fix for you. Oh, yeah, he's still got a thorn to put in your side. He's still got a way of getting your attention. And you need to tell him how it was. You need to tell him how it was when you quit paying your tithes. You need to tell him how it, when the tithe check got so big I couldn't write it anymore. And I went down the road a little ways and my world went upside down. Hey, can I tell you something? Whenever you get this, there's no backing up. Oh, no. No, no. You're not going to get by. I don't care what you do. When you get this Holy Ghost, you're born again and you cannot be unborn. You just need to get your mind made up. I'm going to live for God. You just need to tell them. You just need to tell your story. You can be seated and tell all your story. Oh, God. Heartbreaking. To save them from stumbling into stupid stuff. Don't do like I did. Don't let no bitterness get in your heart because you didn't get to play the organ, the piano, or get called on or your name called out. But you started acting like a child. I'll take my finances and go somewhere else. Yeah, and you're going to get yourself in trouble. Because if God has called you to this assembly, there is no... Hey, are you hearing me today? No more than Brother and Sister Mayo could leave this church. Can you leave this church and go somewhere else because you decided one day, I think I'm going to move over here. Ah, the same God that called them to Spokane, he called you to Spokane. You can be seated. But you need to save people a lot of trouble. But just telling them whatever you do, don't grow cold. Oh, God, I, I preached today with a broken heart. I've watched hundreds of people fall into these traps. Get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, happy as they could be. And then all at once... Let the stupid world get back in their spirit. Lose their fire and their zeal and their love for God. And start that process of backsliding. And you need to try to save them the trouble. Oh God, you know what I believe? I believe one day that Adam and Eve called Cain and Abel. And said, come here, boys. Mom and dad want to tell you a story. It's not always been like it is. There was a day that God 
called me, Adam says, and put me in this beautiful garden and blessed me abundantly. And I was here and had fellowship with God. And God looked on me one day and he said, he's lonely. And he needs a helpmeet. I met some ladies not long after I lost my wife. They had lost their companions in the church. And I told them, I said, uh, there's a reason God said man was lonely and needed a helpmeet. You won't ever read it in your Bible where it says a woman was lonely and needed a helpmeet. <laughs> and I said, I know what you're doing. You're singing, I'm free, I'm free at last. Thank God I'm free. <laughs> but think about God. Think about him. Man having fellowship with God was not enough. It's in your Bible. And he said, you know what, Adam, I see you in the state you're in, and I'm going to give you somebody to come along and be a comfort to you. And I'm going to tell you, when a woman's in her place, there's not anything more beautiful beside a man. Well, y'all, you know, whoa, 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 no more clapping. That did not go over, and you don't need to amen it. But it's still the truth. You got your place. A man's got his place. And Adam starts telling Cain and Abel. And guess what, Cain? God gave me your mother, Eve. And God gave us a commandment. He said, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that's always been a mystery to me. Why they eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they could have eaten at the tree of life and lived forever. But it is a mystery in my life today why people get on the Internet because they're looking for good and evil. And they're eating at the internet. And they're filling their brain with garbage. And it's corrupting their life. Y'all be seated. I got to get through. Let me tell you something. What I've watched over these years, I think it changes the chemistry of people's being. They get totally abnormal. Their sexual desires and all kind of things get their heads so twisted and messed up until they're messed up. I think that's why the devil loves dope. He pushes it so hard because I'm going to tell you, God don't work through your liver. He works through your brain. And when he can fry your brain, he's got you in hell before you get there. And when you get so contaminated with this world, 
You're messed up. Help us, Holy Ghost. You know, I was preaching to the church many years ago, and, and I said, you know, we preached against video. We preached against television, and Brother Burr kept on telling me, son, I'm going to tell you something, technology, you're not going to stop this technology. And boy, was he ever right. Yeah, lay it. somebody said, don't believe in television. Well, I got television right up here on the pulpit with me today. I got uh, the movies right here. Amen. We came on the plane yesterday over, and I was surprised they didn't have movies, so I was surprised how many people were had their had their phones up and headphones on. Looked like they was going to go cross-sided watching that little tiny screen. And I said, God, why did you ever allow this to happen? And while I was preaching, the Holy Ghost spoke back to me, and I said it to the church while I was preaching. God said to me, I'm the one that allowed it to be invented. Because I want to purge my church. And you preachers that have always stood in between people that wanted movies and wanted pornography and wanted Movies and sin and television. Now, you can get in your bedroom. You can go in your bathroom. You can turn it on and sit there. Do you go cross-sided looking at it? Oh, God's going. He's going to have a church that stands like men and women and says, I don't want it. I will not go there. You hear me? I've got backbone enough. You don't have to watch me. I've had the revelation. I see it for myself. Take this whole world. Give me Jesus. Clap your hands to the Lord. seated so we were told not to do it but we did it boys and I want to tell you then we said you know we've messed ourselves up so we'll fix ourselves and so we your mother got whatever thread she could find vines or whatever it was and she sewed fig leaves together to cover because we knew now we're not innocent no more. The glory of God has been lifted off of us. You know, the greatest fear of every saint is losing the glory of God. 
And if you go there, you will lose your glory. If you think looking at movies and... I want to tell you something else. I don't look at the news either. Because I've already seen all that. People get on that and they're, oh, this is all right. And this is just a little Disney movie. And this is a documentary. So I'm going to watch them how they make buttermilk. It won't be long. You won't be watching how they make buttermilk. Well, that's going over, but it's still right. You know you're condemned in your heart when you turn on even the news. Y'all sit down. There's not very many people believe that, but it's still right. Thank God y'all have got a pastor in Spokane. We lost his Shekinah glory. So your mama put fig leaves together. Mind if I borrow one of these? Thank you. I'm going to tell you, this is what this silly religious world is trying to do today. For the Holy Ghost... Can I tell you something else? Holiness didn't start with Brother Mayo, Bishop Wilson, Bishop Booker. Holiness didn't start with Pentecost. Holiness started in the book of Genesis. How many of you people, y'all can be seated. How many of you people's ever seen a fig leaf? Y'all don't even know what a fig, well, hallelujah. You know what? I wish they had one with me. A fig leaf looks a whole lot about like my hand. That's the way the leaf looks. And boys, God walked in here. What have you done? We got to go to another plan now. You messed this one up. I'm glad we got a merciful God. And boys, those sheep we love that was bouncing around this garden that God had put in here with us. One of the cleanest animals we had, and one that came laid by our side and we loved. God said, pick the best one. Pick the cleanest one. And it was that sheep that he took the skins of and blood was spilt. And he made us coverings. Hey, it's a whole lot different wearing a fur coat than it is to wear fig leaves. You know what Paris is designing and Hollywood and New York? You know what the church is designing? Some Holy Ghost 
godly dressing. It brought the curse of God on us. Boys, it brought the curse of God. The serpent was cursed. We were cursed. I was cursed. He said, okay, Adam. You know, it's so sad. You preach people, try to carry them to the land that's flowing with milk and honey. And you see them begin to drink the milk and enjoy the honey of life. And all at once, you know what? I don't know why on earth we'd go to church on Sunday morning and then come back on Sunday night. Well, the devil's after that Pentecostal Sunday night. It hit me the other day. I asked the church, I said, Ever, all of you that got the Holy Ghost on Sunday night, raise your hand. Anybody get, no, just three, four. How many got the Holy Ghost? Yeah, look at the hands. Hold them up high. I got the Holy Ghost on Sunday night. Is there any reason why the devil hates Sunday night so bad? of God fell on us and God said come here Adam we'll go to another plan the plan is now I'll put a thorn in thistles I'll make life difficult and when you need you'll have needs and guess what needs lead to where did it lead all of us to it led us to the cross Sad. You know, I'll tell you a big challenge for all of us is to enjoy the milk, enjoy the honey, and stay the same. He said, I didn't take you to a land that was just going to be a little bit. Hey, when you read this Bible, you read about abundance and everything in this Bible. Really, there's more in this Bible about giving out of our abundance than it is trying to make some big sacrifice of giving. Yes, our giving is tested sometimes and we give sacrificial, but I want to tell you where God wants to carry us to. He wants to carry us to a place where we give out of our abundance. So, depending on how deep the thorn sticks, that we remember God. Remember His goodness. 
We just need to tell the story. You know the sad story? One of the boys got it. One of the boys didn't get it. And you know, I know Eve was involved in this conversation because Eve, of course, was the one that was the first to partake of the fruit. Disobey and then gave to her husband and he followed her. And then you follow that, Genesis, the fourth chapter, and she conceives and she has Cain. And you know what she says? I got a man from the Lord. The reason she said that was because it was her first fruits. And the first fruits was always going to be dedicated to, right? So she had a spiritual understanding of the things that were going on. And some way, Cain didn't get it. You know what? He didn't get the revelation. Somebody had to show those boys. Somebody had to tell those boys. And there's not a doubt in my mind they watched Adam and Eve make those sacrifices, right? You know, we're blessed today because we've got parents in church. we got a heritage in church. In fact, the growth of Pentecost, it really don't come outside as much as it comes from the, is that right? How many of you people's got somebody in your family that had the Holy Ghost before you? Let me see your hand. Does that prove my point? Sure. Why are you in church? Somebody prayed, somebody told you, and somebody imparted this revelation. They didn't tell you part of the story. They told you all the story. And you received it and you got the revelation. And you said, I'm going to do this sacrifice right. Can I tell you where the canes are at today? They're backslid around Spokane. I know some people think God's a beggar and here, Lord, I'll dish you out $20 and it should have been 40 but here's your... You know, a beggars can't be choosers, but can I tell you, he's not a beggar. And he's definitely a chooser. And you can't treat God like that and get by. You got to give God what God wants. It's not a take it and a leave it deal. It's a take it or nothing. In some way, Abel got the revelation and he offered up a more acceptable sacrifice and God smiled on it and God received it. Help us, God, today. We just need to tell our story where the next generation gets it. We need to be like Abraham. Abraham told his story. He passed this glorious truth down to his son, Isaac. 
He said, come here, son. Let me tell you the story how we ended up here. Oh, brother, I love to hear the testimonies. How we got in church. Let me tell you, boy, it ain't always been like this. God spoke to me and said, get up and get out of your kindred and away from you. You can't allow worldly kinfolks to influence you about Holy Ghost things. It'll mess up your revelation. They say we can't see it. I understand they can't see it. It's spiritually discerned. Let me tell you how it happened. Isaac, and he tells his story how God led him out and how he walked out by faith, trusting in God, doing the will of God. Isaac, let me tell you, I got the promise on me. And the promise is that everybody that blesses me, they're going to be blessed. And everybody that curses me, they're going to be cursed. And all the families of the earth is going to be blessed right through me. Did you know your blessing this morning, the breakfast you eat, was a blessing of Abraham on your life? No wonder the world hates Israel today and hates the Jews, but they're still like people of God. And he takes him one day and he says, here, son, I want to show you how you build an altar and sacrifice. And he takes that young Isaac up to the mountain. And he looks, the boy looks at his dad and says, I see the wood and I see the fire. But where is the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? And Abraham said, I want to show you how God will provide. Oh, I'm preaching to you. You need to tell the story. You need to tell it to your children. There's another generation that's going to need to build bigger churches. And there's another generation that's going to need to know how to pay all these light bills. And there's another generation that's... I'm going to tell you what, Brother Bayo, this church is spending mega bucks to put this meeting on. Thank you, Brother Mayo, for loving people and wanting to bless the work of God. I know you, you get criticized trying to show off or show out. Don't pay that any attention. You're doing it for the kingdom. He said, be seated. He said, son, I'm going to show you how God will provide. And he takes that young lad up on that mountain with him. And he takes him and puts him on that altar. And he binds him to the altar. Thank you. You know why? Because anybody's flesh, when it sees the knife coming, you will flinch. 
and you'll try to jump off that altar. And that's what a lot of people have done. Instead of staying on that altar and dying, they said, I can't take it no more. Somebody said to me the other day, so Brother Holmes, you're busy and running all over and you're working way too hard. I said, well, it's better than working at Walmart. I could be a door greeter at Walmart and that's probably where I belong. Not up preaching to all these great preachers, Bible scholars. But I sure like it a lot better than being a greeter at Walmart, let me tell you that. Oh, yes! What a mighty God we serve! When you see the knife coming, when you see the knife coming, if you're not bound to this altar, oh, Brother Holmes, I thought it was going to be a trip to Six Flags. Oh, we do have party, but there's times whenever you're staring the knife in the face, too. God, what am I going to do now? We've all been there. Me and my wife's been there. We know what it is to stare that knife. My God, what am I going to do now? 43 years of marriage on our wedding anniversary. I walked out in the garage. My wife was laying on her face. It wasn't unusual that she fell, but it was that the way she was lying. Laying, she had not even thrown up her hands. Her purse slid off her arm. She had fallen. She had died on her feet. I ran over there and turned her over, started trying to blow in her mouth. It was all too late. What you going to do now? Oh, Jesus, I'm going to do what my mama told me to do. You know what my mama told me to do? She said, son, it don't matter what's going on in your life. You pray. You pray. Yesterday, it was two years ago, she left this world. Boy, it's still ringing in my ears today. We had church that night. Somebody said, I can't go to church. I lost a loved one. My God, that's, I couldn't wait to get to church. We had communion and foot washing. I've never felt more homeless in my life. Where are you going to go? Kids said, come on, Dad, go to the house with us. I said, I can't do that. I got to face this knife. I went back and got in that bed. Brother Jackson, said, maybe Brother Robinson, I forget. Come home with me, went upstairs and slept. I woke up about five. I didn't think I could sleep, but I did. Man, I got out of that bed. I couldn't wait to get to that church. 
I got down there and started walking back and forth where I always pray across the platform, cried. About 30 years ago, I preached a message, don't let the devil steal your tambourine. We got tambourines lined up across the front of our platform, Kleenexes and tambourines. Kleenexes and tambourines. We got a great investment in Kleenexes. Amen. We buy more Kleenexes than anybody. People up there crying and praying. But I said, whatever you do, and I'm taking it from the message where children of Israel cross that Red Sea, don't lose your tambourine. They, if they'd have drank that bitter water and beat that tambourine, when they couldn't find no water, if they'd have just beat that tambourine anyway. But that's the first place where it says they murmured. Did you know more? God's more upset at you about murmuring than he is, you find it in the Bible, than adultery and a lot of other things. You won't go in the promised land if you sit around this beautiful church and gripe about the music. It's too loud. It's too cold. You're not going nowhere. You're stuck where you're at. I was be seated, beating those tambourines. And I looked over there and I saw those tambourines. The devil said to me, beat the tambourine today. See if you can beat it. And I could hear him laughing at me. I said, you lying devil, you. You lying devil, you. And you know what? I went over there. I didn't get just one tambourine. I got one in each hand. I'd never done that before. In your face, devil. In your face, devil. In your face, devil. tell you another story. You can be seated. I had the best guides in the world. I had a praying mother. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
stand with me. Oh, God, I thank you for your faithfulness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's amazing to me how some people get it and others don't. I want to tell you this. Don't get off that altar. Because you see that knife. Let me tell you what to do. This is what I tell them back home. Reach back and get yourself by the nap of the neck. And jerk on your collar a couple times and get the attention of yourself and get yourself up on your tiptoes and tell your flesh, flesh, it doesn't matter whether you like it or you don't like it. You're going to go to church. You're going to have the right spirit. You're going to love the unlovable. You're not going to have no bitterness in your heart. You're going to pray for your enemies. You're going to live for God, flesh. You, you know what? You know what you got to do? Put your flesh in the back seat. Put the Holy Ghost in the driver's seat. Hey, wait, wait. Did you know I can tell you almost 99% of the time how to know the will of God? Contrary to what you want to do. Whatever your flesh says, oh, please don't do that. Please don't say I'm sorry. Please don't be humble. Please don't humble me. You are to be able to identify that voice and say, honey, I was wrong. Forgive me. And you are to say it quick and you are to say it out of your heart. Oh, I'm not sure you got the revelation. But the revelation is that your flesh will carry you to hell. So you just got to do Contrary to what you want to do, you got to do contrary. And you will watch God provide many, so many stories today. So many unbelievable things that I've watched prayer do. If there's anything I'd like to say to the Pentecostals that are here with me, brothers and sisters, the burden of my heart is that all across Pentecost, we would turn our churches into a house of prayer. We are missing so much locked up churches. Afraid somebody's going to steal something, vandalize. We had them to vandalize our church. I thank God for it when we got through with the insurance company. 
It was a financial blessing. The code I said on Holy Ghost Radio, it's, just remember it like this, Acts 238, 239-89, Acts 238-239 will get you in the door, 3 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And we're not worried about who comes in there. We got people all across the city stopping in praying. Yeah. They're not Pentecostal. They just. Of course, we got about a hundred cameras taking their picture too. Every way they turn. I don't know why some people get it and some people don't. Had a young man, no connection to Pentecost, lived in Texarkana. He was, had done outstanding, beautiful home, on the lake, Carvette, all kind of cars, making mega bucks, had offices around Little Rock, a man in our church worked for him. He made over 150000 a year working for him. Poor man got on alcohol. You know where he ended up? On the streets, homeless, walking the streets of Texarkana. Some way a man, this man, had a burden for him. He drove 150 miles to Texarkana. He picked up Billy McDougal. He may be listening Today, he picked him up and brought him to our church. I said, man, wasn't you afraid somebody would rob you? He said, Not, I didn't have no money. He said, I was afraid they might steal my fried chicken. <laughs> Walking the streets, sleeping sidewalks. He got the Holy Ghost. He was unable. He got it. He got the revelation comes to the church. I don't know how many years ago that's been now. In fact, Brother Jackson used to work for him. I don't know how many years ago it's been. He came, nothing broke. He walked in my office and said, Pastor, I want to talk to you. He did something unusual. He took out his pen and piece of paper and whatever I'd say, he'd write it down. What's going on here? I never had nobody pay that much attention to what I had to say. <laughs> Said he'll probably throw it away on his way out, but it stuck in his heart. And I talked to him about this prayer and living for God. He come, this has been years ago, he came and he said, Brother Holmes, I got a chance to maybe buy a house. I don't have no money, no money down but I've got this house over here, and I want you to pray about it. Was well, it a prayer meeting? No, it wasn't a call prayer meeting. Uh, I'm not interested in all those call prayer meetings. You just, you just need to pray. You need to come. Amen. Not everybody's on the same schedule. Well, let me just tell you, the carpet can't pray. Think about what Jesus said. Oh, I wish we could get the revelation. I wish I could get a greater revelation of it. I wish I could get it in the church back home, a greater revelation of it. 
carpet can't pray, pews can't pray. If there's any prayer, right? We got to do it. We were there praying, and he said, pray about this house. And I went to praying. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And I said, brother, God knows about the sparrow that fell. Why wouldn't he give you a house? And the Holy Ghost spoke to me when I said that. And God said, yeah, and I know where they roosted last night too. And I could see in my mind a little sparrow up under Eva house. God knew it was there. You don't think God don't love us and want to help us. I got to quit. The story is too good. Hey, let me tell you. He got that house. You know where he's living today? He's living in a big old two-story home with columns in front of it. On North Hills Boulevard, where the judges and the lawyers and the old money of our city and new money live. Do it if you want to. Pay your tithes if you want to. Amen. It's not going to affect me anyway, unless you're living in North Little Rock. Come to church and pray if you want to. You know what the most important thing of my day is? Thank God for my wife. She loves to pray. It's a good thing she does. Amen. Because every day of our life, we're there. We're headed to that church, and we're going to pray. And we're not going to say a prayer. Amen. I had that experience one day. I went by the church, and I had one of them said prayers. I was on my way to the hospital, and I heard a voice speak to me in that car. And I was thinking over my day, what a good thing I'd done. And it felt like it jarred that car. It said, the Pharisees prayed. I said, God, I heard you. Them yawning, oh, God, move. Yeah, that's what's got you in trouble. Now you got a self-righteous spirit. You never touched him. You never got broken. You never wept till you couldn't weep anymore. Oh, yeah, I want to challenge you today. Amen. Hallelujah. For a couple hours every day, we get up to that church and sometimes come back in the evening three hours. Somebody said, you're trying to glow. No, I'm trying to provoke somebody today. The answer is where I'm preaching today. 